Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. Now we're going to bring you another episode of Man Behind the Badge. The original air date is September 17th, 1955. This is Season 2, Episode 37, and this is the case of Operation Sabotage. This is how a large American city will look through the radar scope of an invading atom bomber. Hello, I'm Charles Bickford. And this is the debriefing room of the 17th Bomb Squadron. That's a frightening bomb's eye view, isn't it? Fortunately, it was taken by a plane from our own strategic air command. This is the aircraft that actually made the picture during a simulated atom bomb drop over that city. It's a six-jet, 600 miles an hour B-47. It can carry a 10-ton nuclear payload. What's more, with in-flight refueling, it can drop them on a target anywhere in the world. 24 hours a day, in fair weather and foul, SAC fights an imaginary war to prevent the real one. As our most powerful weapon, it would be the prime target of an enemy sneak attack or sabotage. Our story tonight concerns sabotage. Directed against an aircraft commander from SAC's 15th Air Force, 220th Bomb Wing, Captain Robert C. Osborne. Tonight's Man Behind the Badge. Marchfield, Riverside, California. Headquarters of SAC's 15th Air Force. A B-47 returns from a routine mission. It's strictly standard operating procedure to land at tremendous speeds and pop the braking chute that stops a jet bomber. After parking their huge plane, the three-man crew enters the squadron debriefing room to relax a moment. First Lieutenant Hal Pulley, co-pilot. Captain Pierce Torrington, observer. Easy, <laughs> old buddy. Captain Robert Osborne, the aircraft commander. How do you think we did? Good. Those last three runs ought to bring our CE way down. Are you kidding? We put a bomb dead center, and it better show up on that radar report. Oh, zero, zero, Torrington. That's my boy. Let's keep sharp, then. Looks like we have a full-scale simulated combat mission coming up in a few days. Oh, your wife is getting here just in time for the great occasion. She getting settled all right, Pierce? Well, the wary house on the base is fine, but they haven't given her a SAC security pass yet. Four days she's been waiting for it. You were lucky she got her transfer from Travis so fast. How about that, Bob? Takes a little leave up in San Francisco, and the next thing we know, he's married to a wab. <laughs> you know, I bet your kids are going to be born with swept back ears. <laughs> Come in. Claire, this is great. How'd you manage to get down here? My CEO got me through on a visitor's path. Saw you coming in from the line, so here I am. 
Well, you heard me talk about the crew enough. This is Bob Osborne, our AC. Hello. How do you do? And Hal Pulley. Very pleased to meet you, Lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, Lucy, said to be sure and bring you and Pierce over tonight. She's anxious to meet you. Well, I'd be happy to. Well, what do you think of the little 17th bomb squad? Well, it's very impressive from what I've seen. Ma'am, you ain't seen nothing yet. This is the hottest outfit in sack. Captain Osborne, have you and your crew seen the new security regulations that came out today? No, sir. They were just handed to us before takeoff. Well, Major, I'd like you to meet my wife, Clara. This is Major Hobart, our base provo marshal. How do you do, sir? I uh, see you're not wearing a security pass, Lieutenant. No, sir. I was, uh... Claire was brought into the squadron area by her CO. Uh, as you can see, she's wearing a visitor's pass, Major. Yes, so I notice. Nevertheless, this is a restricted area. Escort Lieutenant Torrington from the squadron area. Check those new security regulations. And Torrington, have your wife double-checked them. <laughs> you can imagine, Lucy, how embarrassing it was when the Provo Marshal himself practically throws me out of the debriefing room. <laughs> I wouldn't let it bother me. You know how Zack is about security. They even resent the birds flying over restricted areas. <laughs> well, in this case, we've got to admit Hobart was right. Of course she was. I fully agree. Major Hobart has to be doubly careful. After all, the 220th is going on a full-scale mission soon, isn't it? Oh, they never tell us anything. Oh, darn, I broke the thread. Lucy, do you mind if I go in the bedroom again and, and see how you fixed your curtains? Gives me an idea for hours. Oh, go right ahead. Well, I'd better fix some refreshments. Well, nothing fancy, though. We'll be leaving soon. Claire has to stop off in town on some special service deal. I've been keeping it since my World War II days. Most pilots don't do it anymore. Oh, I hadn't noticed it. I was taking down the measurements for the curtain. Coffee's getting cold. Coming. This is a garage less than a mile from March Air Force Base. Three very busy men are working late at night, but they aren't repairing automobiles. waiting for you. Don't slam that door. This is delicate work. My, my, we're really in business. Yeah. Have a look. Security passes. Flight line passes. Identity cards. All as good as the real thing. 
You're a real artist, Patowski. Well, thanks. And Sargus, Maddox, here's your identification. So we're aircraft maintenance, huh? Well, that's the idea. But you've got enough papers to penetrate any part of the base. Once. Well, that's all it takes if you do the job right. What'd you find out, Blair? Well, nothing on the line. I ran right into the provo marshal himself. Oh, very smart. Couldn't you get everything we need from your husband? Look, Potowski, if I've told you once, I've told you ten times. I got my assignment before I got married. My husband's not to be involved in any of this. My orders cover me on that point. There are other ways. I've got something very interesting. Like, for instance? An AC's logbook, for instance. You've got it here? No, but I took notes. 238 hours in B-47s. 84 hours night flying. Formation work all this month. Didn't I tell you, Potowski? Mass formation takeoffs, one minute apart. That's what we've been hearing. And those contrails over the city, bomb runs. So the 220 is ready to go. That's what I'd say. Looks like they're going to fly a big one in a matter of days. The whole wing. We'll be ready for them. Come here, I want to show you something. You know what this is? It's a wheel chalk. For a B-47. We've been turning them out by the dozens. With one unique feature. A little compartment for a time bomb. Get it? Very neat. A couple of those under each plane ought to take care of the whole 220th. Exactly. And now, Claire, you've got one more thing to do. You've got to find out when this mission is. And we'll be sure that it's a complete washout. The important mission of the 220th bomb wing was scheduled for two days later. But on the afternoon before the mission, the B-47 crews are briefed. This is a big one. An all-out mission that shows the combat capability and war readiness of the wing. Gentlemen, your targets are all industrial complexes and urban areas. The entire wing is being employed as part of a simultaneous saturation strike. The purpose is to show that an enemy nation that decides to attack us first won't have any country to go back to. And finally, the session is almost over. Each AC will take along a briefcase as stuffed as an executive's at a national convention. Now, remember, Lucy, we won't let them be too busy to go to that premiere tonight. Good idea. With all that night flying, Bob and I haven't been anywhere for weeks. Hi, honey. Hello, Claire. Hi, Bob. Claire has four tickets to a premiere tonight. Can we go? Mm, sorry, we're flying. Again tonight? No, but we're getting set for an early morning takeoff. Too bad, Claire. That means Pierce can't go either. Oh, we wouldn't have to stay for the whole thing. You'd get your eight hours sleep. No, we'll have to have more than that this time. Have to be real sharp. Say, this mission must be pretty important. They're all important. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to find someone else in the wing who can use the tickets. Hey, what about the wing CO? Nothing like a gal helping along her husband's career with the boss. You can save yourself a lot of trouble, Claire. Forget about the premier. You mean the whole wing is involved? Including Colonel Archibald? I didn't say that. I bet I know. It's a simulated combat mission, isn't it? Suppose you run along home, Claire. Pierce will be waiting for you. Bob, I'll pick up the curtains tomorrow, Lucy. Seems your husband has a grouch on. Well, you didn't have to be so abrupt with her. 
she asks too many questions. She's new on the base. Naturally, she wants to learn. I think there's more to it than that. It's not easy being an Air Force wife, Bob. Give her a little time to get used to it. That's good work, Claire. Now, if what you say is accurate, that means they'll be taking off about dawn, the whole wing. And that's what we came for. Saugus, you didn't steal that truck from the motor pool, did you? No, of course not. It's a civilian job. We rented it. They're all standard models. Hey, some paint job we did, huh? Stenciling and all. Come over here, boys. Not about three hours before takeoff. That'll be about 3 a.m. You enter the perimeter gate about right here. Now, all you have to show would be your field passes and your base pass. Then on to gate 47. That's... And from there... That's right. And from there, that's where you'll crack the flight line. It may be sticky. Well, it shouldn't be. You've got your flight line passes and your work order. Besides that, they got some new APs in there. And some of them will be pretty green. Well, you know the rest. Yeah, we go out to the B-47s. We put chocks under every one of them. Yeah, but remember, they're time to go off at 0530. So be sure there's none of them left in the truck by then. Don't worry. They'll be hatching under the planes by that time. Hey, Claire, how much does a B-47 cost? Three million dollars. Why? I was just figuring a little multiplication problem. Forty-five times three million. Don't bother. I'll give you the answer. It adds up to the entire 220th bomb wing. From the Central Security Control Room of March Air Force Base, perched 150 feet above the ground, the Provost Marshal is in touch with every installation in the field. He is in telephone communication with all buildings by direct line. He can talk to his roving patrol jeeps and the aircraft in parking areas by radio. Point guards at various stations can reach him by walkie-talkie. After lying awake until 2 a.m., aircraft commander Robert Osborne got up an hour ahead of schedule to come here. Despite his personal reluctance, he felt it his duty to tell the provost marshal of his suspicions concerning Claire. What is it, Captain? This is a hard thing for me to do, sir. What is? Do you remember WAF Lieutenant Claire Tarrington? Yes. She's the wife of your observer. Yes, sir. That's what makes it so tough. But I don't like some of the things I've noticed about her. You mean the way she walked into your squadron operations without a security pass? That and other things. Another time I caught her looking through my logbook. Hmm. Anything else? Yesterday, when I came home from the briefing, she asked a lot of questions. Some of them quite pointed. Do you think she knows anything about this mission, Osborne? I can't be sure, but I think she does. Well, we better get her down here for a little chat. Now? Later might be too late. What's Torrington's number? 40099. Get me 40099. Hello, Captain Torrington. This is the Provo Marshal. I'd like to speak to your wife. Oh, I see. No, 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 nothing to worry about. Something came up that only she can clarify, that's all. I see. Thank you. 
He says she pulled night duty at the base supply. They're taking inventory. That's funny. She talked earlier of going to a premiere in Hollywood. We'll check. Get me base supply. Hello, this is Major Hobart, Provost Marshal. Is Lieutenant Torrington there? I'll wait. Yes. She isn't, huh? Has she been there? Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, could you tell me, uh, are you people taking inventory there tonight? All right, thank you. She hasn't been there, and they're not taking inventory. What do you make of it, sir? I'm putting this field on internal security alert. Benita, Fulton, notify all stations. And get me a line. Sargus, remember, it's 20 miles per hour on the base. Don't get picked up for speeding like they did at Carswell. Nothing's going to stop this job, honey. We got it made and no sweat. Good luck. I'll open the garage door. What's that? It's coming from the base. Why, it's a signal for security alert procedure. Something must be wrong out there. Well, what? Well, how should I know? What's the matter? All right, get down. You won't be leaving right away. Well, now what? Those APs would be twice as cautious. You might even have a strike force cruising the area. You're gonna have to buy you boys a little insurance. How? A little diversion at gate 47. Come here. Take a look at this. Are you kidding? Well, we wouldn't stand a chance with that. You must have made it blindfolded. It's very inferior work, I admit. And that's exactly what we need. I want you and I to get caught. In all the confusion and excitement, to give the truck a better chance to get through. Well, I don't know the details, Potowski, but there's one big trouble with the whole idea. What? During an alert, those guards play real rough. The uh, gentleman's pass? This is Congressman Rivera. I'm sorry, ma'am, but everyone who goes through this gate has to have a pass. That's ridiculous. Haven't you received a call from the Provo Marshal yet? No, ma'am. I've been to camps and bases all over this country. I've never been subjected to such indignities like this before, Lieutenant. Well, I'm sorry, sir. We'll have this taken care of in a minute. Look, you're not only being stupid, but insolent. I have my orders, ma'am. Let me see your pass again. Are you serious? I sure am, Lieutenant. You'll regret this. I'm going to make a complete report to Major Hobart. Well? This pass looks fishy to me. Look, Pilot, I'm getting a little fed up with your shenanigans. Wait here, both of you. Look, I'm a commissioned officer. You recognize my insignia, yes, don't you? Yes, ma'am. Well, then I have the authority to take this man wherever I wish to on the base. Here's my pass. Come on, we haven't got all night. Let's go. All right, Mac. Take it easy. I promised General Banning I'd be in the tower to watch the takeoff. He's not going to be happy about this at all. For Pete's sake, what's this all about? We're going to get chewed out as it is. What outfit you from? 220th maintenance. Here's the work order. Are you got... Come on, come on, come on. You've seen our pass in the work order. How about it? What's on the truck? Chocks. Just plain, ordinary wooden chocks. Okay, okay.
Now you too. Get up against the fence. What? You can't do that to an officer. Well, this is an outrage. And this pass is a phony if I've ever seen one. Get up against the fence, both of you. Turn around. Now put your hand on the wire. Saugus and Natick had one more problem before they could reach the huge B-47s on the line. They needed the password to get by the point guards on the inner perimeter. But they had a solution for this, too. They drove along outside the point guards until they spotted an airman hurrying out to his plane. They stopped and offered him a lift. Hitchhiking airman gave the password for them to the inner perimeter guard. Now there was nothing to stop them from placing the chocks under their objectives. How does the radar look, Pierce? Beautiful. The life rafts? Check. Okay. Take a time hack. Six seconds, it'll be zero, three, four, five. Three, two, one, hack. The funny thing, Bob, the Provo phoned Claire at 2 a.m. when she was at base supply. I wonder what he wanted. I wouldn't wonder about anything but this mission. It's a big one. Joplin. Yes, sir. How much fuel is aboard? 100,000 pounds, just like in the form. Have you checked the ejection seats for the modification from the latest tech order? Yes, sir. It's all entered in the form. Uh, there's just one thing. I need a voltage regulator. Okay, have the expediter truck get it for you. Yes, sir. Do you guys come in? Yeah, that's oh. right. See if you can call your expediter truck and tell them I want to pull the simulator. That ain't our job, Sarge. We've got to pull all the old chucks and put new ones under every plane in the wing. Man, don't talk to me about chucks. we got a mission taking off. Now, go call your expediter truck. Look, you do your job, we'll do ours. You heard the sergeant give you an order. I'm sorry, sir. Orders are orders. All right, get to work, Nanny. Wait a minute. Let's see that job. Why are you substituting wooden ones for metal ones? Stay away from that plane. Let's get out of here. Get to the bed. This truck is rigged. Torrington. Get the word to every plane on the line. Search him, Joplin. Yes, sir. And then we're taking him to the Provo. I caught these characters at my ship, Major. They were trying to sabotage it. Is she in with them? Yes, she and the gentleman with her. Nice work, Captain. They almost got the mission. You dirty... Hold on, Captain. You ought to congratulate Lieutenant Torrington. What? Meet a sabotage test team. This base has been under penetration by our own counter-security people. Captain Potosky? Sergeant Saugus? Airman Attic. I believe you already know the lieutenant. <laughs> I guess I'm just beginning to... You certainly had me fooled, Claire. Yes, but not quite long enough. 
The simulated time bombs that we put in those chocks aren't supposed to go off for another 90 minutes. We failed. Thank goodness. <sighs> A sabotage test team. I guess I'd better get back to my plane. Oh, any message for Pierce? Yes. Tell him to be sure and zero zero over that target. We've got to have one success in the family. <laughs> Prepared for any emergency on the ground or in the air, the Strategic Air Command maintains the highest state of organized combat readiness ever known because it's sight that preserves the peace in our time. The 220th Bomb Wing successfully completed its mission. In fact, Aircraft Commander Osborne, Co-Pilot Pulley, and Observer Torrington have recently received promotions, and are now a select crew. The responsibility of the officers and the airmen of our Strategic Air Command are enormous. And the rewards for such single-minded devotion to duty are few. So the next time you look into the air over your city, town, or farm, and see the contrail of a stratajet bomber flying close to the speed of sound at 40,000 feet, remember with gratitude that they're doing a dangerous and difficult job for you and for our country. And now this is Charles Bickford inviting you to be with us next week. Well, once again, you will see another authentic story of one whose duty it is to serve, a public servant dedicated to you, and whom you will meet as the man behind the badge. enemy attempt to uh, destroy the squadron, which would have been really implausible in real life. I mean, that's the type of provocation that turns a Cold War into a hot one really quick. These sort of exercises go on today. What Claire was part of is what would be called in many circles a red team, which acts as an enemy to test the security measures in place. And that can be true of physical security or cyber security these days. The scene at the gate is something that I'd actually heard of red teams in the private sector doing to access uh, secure areas. Obviously some differences, but uh, remarkably similar to what was in the episode. Claire, in many ways, gave the game away by pressing too hard uh, with the captain's wife and the captain being present. Today, what we she did, we call social engineering. She's trying to pump information from the captain's wife and somewhat less successfully from the captain. And she really pressed her luck by 
trying that with him. And I think that kind of goes to one of the challenges of this sort of exercise, because whatever training she gets, she's not a professional spy or saboteur, which really uh, turned into a double-edged sword for her mission. So overall, this was a fascinating episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I also want to go ahead and acknowledge the Malicious Life uh, podcast. It's a superb cybersecurity podcast that sponsored the Great Detectives like four or five years back. And I've continued to listen regularly since then. And the episodes that they did on physical security and social engineering kind of gave me a lot of insight uh, that I was able to apply to this episode. So really appreciate that. 